Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to urge in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to urge in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. Uh, myself, John Norman, and uh, Steve Harmison. We're not going to be talking about any of the action on the field because, as you probably know, there wasn't any. And the fifth test cancelled or postponed. Uh, either way, no play today. Not because of the weather either here in Manchester. It's actually been okay despite uh, a, a monsoon forecast. Anyway, uh, time to get uh, involved in the where's and the why nots and the where for hours and all the other good stuff uh, here on following on. Story of the day. So just, uh, what's the name of that sitcom where those two guys didn't know the score? Likely lads, Jordan, oh, yeah. James Definitely. Boland. Yeah. So if there's anybody out there, likely England, lads, Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> waiting to find out what happened until you listen to the following on podcast, I can tell you that uh, because of fears of COVID, the test didn't happen. Yes, you heard that right. Not because anybody got COVID, uh, but because essentially anxiety fatigue within the Indian cricket camp. They were so concerned about the possibility of getting COVID after the physio came down with it on Wednesday. And uh, several of the players had, of course, been uh, closely uh, working with the physio in the last 48 hours. And they didn't trust the PCR tests as well, because one of the problems with COVID tests is that sometimes it takes a couple of days for it to, um, to ping. So uh, essentially, after a lot of uh, toing and froing, we found out with about two hours to go that the test match uh, has come to a rather sad ending. Palmy, you've been on Talk Sport. We've both been on Talk Sport. We've spoken on various different outlets. But let's let's sum up. Disappointment aside, um, but also just a little bit of anger that all of this came to a head seemingly behind closed doors. And then once again, it's the paying public that, that ultimately, you know, miss out. Be it train fares they can't get back, hotel nights that they can't get back, Food spent, dreams shattered. Ah, oh, it's just a mess, isn't it? It is just a mess, and yeah, you've got you've probably got kids who have 
who have been waiting for this day to see, come to Old Trafford and see the great Jimmy Anderson, the great for one last time, see the great Virat Kohli, potentially for, you know, for one last time in Test match cricket at Manchester because, you know, they're not coming back next, you know, no Test match there next year. Um, I'm just so disappointed for, for the supporters and the paying public and uh, that uh, I'd feel cheated. Um, all the this summer for me, from a, a Red Bull comp point of view, has been so disrespectful. And, and I know the, the ECB can't do anything about this. This is India flexing their muscles, you know, taking their bat on ball home, and deciding that we're not going to play. Um, interesting when you said in the in the intro that about not trusting the PR uh, PCR tests. Um, the anxieties of of not playing. We are what six days, seven days from meeting up with the IPL. Um, what are the IPL franchises thinking? Yeah, the India players coming back in. Do they, are they thinking right? They're going to have to be tested before they get back in. Are they going to trust the test then so they get back into their bubbles? Because we know how much this is going to cost the IPL if the IPL doesn't go ahead. It's like three hundred odd million. So. Look, we did a YouTube show not long ago and the title was Who's to Blame? Well, I'd love to know who's to blame because we've we've talked about England coming back from South Africa and England flexed their muscles, best team, best side in the world, you know, a powerhouse in that in the big global game. England's players, and, and it was a long time ago, so the pandemic's a long way down the road since, since then. Um, and South Africa let COVID in rather than England bringing the COVID into that camp. England decided, right, we've had enough, we're going home. We don't trust it. Australia did the same. England are going to Bangladesh for the simple reasons of, you know, do we really want to go or need to go to Bangladesh? We don't want to go because of the COVID state of the world and what's happening over there. Do we really need to go because do we want to be really playing Bangladesh with it? busy schedule that we've got on so we can you know we can flex our muscles and we'll not go there I think this time the ECB have become on the wrong side of it the ECB have got no leg to stand on India are not going to take this line down and where that they're not going to say it's 2-2 because we're not we're not prepared to forfeit we're prepared to move the game and that is makes it even worse because that cheats the public even more because not only will it be harder to get their ticket money back the ECB will not be able to claim on insurance and anything that goes with it. So I'm going to be so intrigued. It's been a whirlwind 24 hours. I'm going to be so intrigued to see what the next step is for how this Indian cricket team gets out of this country and gets into another country. Um, and then when they start playing that wonderful game of cricket, which you know we love, it, which is the IPL. So look, all the anxieties they've got at this minute in time of not wanting to play I think that might go away very, very quickly when they board the plane at Manchester to go to the UAE and rewind Cricket Collective, you know, following on lovers. Run about early May, me and, me, and Nan, me and Neil Manthorpe had a conversation and we predicted this was going to happen. We predicted that this test match would not happen. And we predicted that once there was a, a story that got out that India either wanted to move the fifth test match all the way forward and have back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back test matches, not have a week in between, or only have it for four, ridiculously only have it for four days, a four-day test match to give it the best chance of the IPL happening, that me and Manners were convinced there and then that this this test match was always going to be in jeopardy. And we are, we are, not, we are not happy to say we are right, 
we are so disappointed to say we are right because of what's happening with the public. OK, well, let's let's go back to that. It was May. It was on the Cricket Collective. Let's hear what uh, yourself. Uh, but first, Neil Manthorpe had to say. Look, in 2009, Harmi, the BCCI said, was told by the Indian government that they couldn't hold the IPL in India because of local elections. So they said, we'll move it to South Africa. And it just, it was beyond imaginable that they could do that. And it just moved this yeah. enormous tournament. But they did it. And, you know, the answer is, you know, if they have a problem, they if they throw enough money at it, they, they solve it. So, I mean, if they say to, to, to Old Trafford, compensate all the people who bought tickets, compensate hotels, mm. if they throw enough money at the problem, they say, look, here's here's $5 million, here's, here's $10 million, just sort it. We need to mm. finish this because they're small amounts, given the, the, the enormous revenue, the enormous value of, of the IPL. So... If there is a will, there is the money to find a way. If the ECB lost so much money, like what South Africa potentially could go bankrupt because of the IPL not being on or whatever. And I keep saying to these, these, these creative clubs, you look at them nets you've got, you've got grants for, them covers you've got, you've got grants for, you've got a fantastic roller now that you've got a grant for. That's all come from like, ECB grant, Sport England money that's been earned and, and getting from international cricket and it filters down eventually to where it has to be and if we start losing because of arrogance of well, we we bang this drum and we look after this and we got to have the IPL and forget the rest of you then cricket will be in a sorry, sorry state so it's important that for the next 12 months, 18 months, wherever that we are as flexible as we possibly can within reason and making sure that the big tournaments, cash tournaments are played so the money can filter down to the people that need it the most. And that is grassroots cricket. It's emerging nations. It's everything that goes with it. So if there's a chance, you know, you've got, we've got to try and finish the IPL as the IPL is the best players playing against the best players and a great tournament. And if, and if other, 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 International games have to be moved to accommodate that. I think we have to try and do that because, because we've seen, and I've changed my stance on it, we've seen how much money this IPL gives to the world game and it's so important that we get it. So that was Neil Manthorpe and uh, Steve Harmson talking on the Cricket Collective back in May, but we need to uh, provide balance. And the uh, ECB chief exec, Tom Harrison, was speaking today, um, strongly denying that the cancellation of the fifth test had anything to do with the resumption of the IPL next week. Let's hear what he had to say. I don't think the IPL has got anything to do with this. And I'll stress that point. The IPL, this is, this is not uh, a situation which has been created by the rescheduled IPL. I just fundamentally do not believe that for a second. Another person that we spoke to, that was Tom Harrison, by the way, was Dominic Cork. Uh, Corky, one of your former teammates and uh, a guy that's been working for Star TV um, in India, the host broadcaster over in India. Um, I chatted to him, actually. We've been sharing a broadcast box over the last three test matches. Um, let's just give, uh, let me just uh, play what he had to say about, about the players involved and the reasons why they might have wanted to uh, walk away from this test. They see it more as, you know, if players feel that they don't feel secure in these uh, situations and COVID uh, that's happening at the moment, that it's their right then to say that, you know, the, the match needs to be cancelled. And, and if you look at it in that way, probably that's right. 
Um, you know, people are always going to look at it because of IPL, because of uh, obviously the status of, of, of Indian cricket. But ultimately, it's just down to players, really. If it wasn't India, if it was Australia sitting here uh, doing exactly the same, we'd, we'd be discussing that as well. So in some ways, if players believe that they're not safe and don't believe they're safe uh, and think that there's a, a, an issue with the COVID within their group, then... You know, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't hold it against any player if they decided that it was right to to cancel and go. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah. Hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah. That sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. So that was Corky. He's flying off to Pakistan actually uh, next week. So, so there you go, Harmi. Look, there's a, a broad selection of viewpoints, and it's really up to the listener to decide which one they want to uh, to believe in. But this is set to go, isn't it? Because there's um, essentially money has been lost, and money needs to be repaid. And and the way that that will that will all come to a decision on how that occurs. Um, is going to be down to lawyers and the ICC and then behind the scenes chat between the BCCI and the ECB because the ECB need the forfeiture to be able for their insurance to be paid up. Um, and of course, the BCCI don't want to forfeit because it means that they have to, um, well, essentially, they haven't won this test series, have they? Um, and uh, and they don't want to be seen to be at, to be at blame. They they They... They don't feel that that's fair. So, yeah, this this will be played out, won't it? There's there's a lot of what's being said, um, faced uh, to 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 the to the media, but there's a lot more interesting stuff being said uh, on Zoom calls right now, I imagine. And what's being said to the media is definitely not what's being said on the Zoom calls that we have got no privy to. Um, and that is, I've been in, I've been in dressing rooms, um, 2006 Pakistan. Uh, when we got cancelled, you know, that was that was a nightmare. That was a shocker. We were never going to recontinue in that test match. The pitching or the outfield in, in Antigua, if you remember in 2008, I think it was, I was involved in that one. We England, ECB flexed their muscles and told uh, West Indian Cricket Board, we are playing. 
So we find somewhere else and find somewhere else quickly. Giles Clark did, and we did. Um, this one, this one's been rumbling for a while, I think. And when I said right at the top of the show and before, you know, a little bit earlier, who is to blame here? It's it's relevant because who's let COVID into the camp? And we hope everybody that's got it, that we, a speedy recovery, and it's not a blame on any individual whatsoever. But it's how strict, how serious have both sides been taking it? And how serious has India's side been taking it? Because they're the ones that have caught it. When we hear in players shopping, we hear in players cinema, we're hearing book signing, all these stuffs that you know, we're living in it, we're living with a global pandemic at this moment in time. All this stuff that are completely irrelevant to our nonsense. Should be that should be happening when you are in the middle of a series like this, and and I get that. Look, I get that. I'm sounding very very cold and very callous, but I'm what I am. Also, I'm a former professional sportsman who struggled to be away from home, and I would not like to have been in this situation. But as a governing body, BCCI, you you sign all the legal stuff with the ICC to fulfil your obligations of five test matches in England. Now, England had the same situation not long ago in South Africa, and England decided that they were going to come home. England didn't let... The the COVID didn't come in English camp. It came in South African camp, and England argued that it wasn't. But England played Pakistan this this summer, and England had the COVID in their camp. It's a lot easier to do, but the ECB decided, right, we're going to take everybody out of the equation, we're going to bring a whole new group in, and we will fulfil our contractual obligations to our broadcasters, to our opponents, but also the PN public who have bought tickets to come and watch the England and Wales cricket ball, the, the England cricket team play three one-day internationals against Pakistan. And we did that. So for me, I look at the, the BCCI and say, right, why have you not found a way in the course of the last 20, 24 hours to get 11 players on a, on a park to play against England? Now, the Ashes is around the corner and we are going to have to find by hook or by crook, ECB, you're going to have to find players who want to go to Australia and play. Might not be our best side, but we play because there is a lot of people, 80,000 people over the course of the last five or the next five days would have booked hotel rooms and money in England. The money situation in England is not, not great either. So we're not talking about, we're not talking about people who have got money. We're talking about people who have got tickets for Christmas presents. We've got people who have who have come from far and wide. I played golf yesterday in Aberdeen, and I played with a lovely couple. You know, a fantastic couple. Peter, a lovely man, what a great man. And he was flying down from Aberdeen to watch the Test match, the first day of the Test match. Now, I, 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 these there'll be many and many of them stories, and that's what's wrong with this whole situation. We should have found a way. And to just to quickly go on that India team, right? The rules, the World Health Organization. And and England, you know, the UK government guidelines are if you're in contact with somebody, you isolate for 10 days. You isolate for 10 days if you're in contact with that person, unless you are double jabbed. I can't believe these Indian players are both I and either double jabbed. No, they are, they are they're double jabbed. Are they double jabbed? Well, even still, even still, that is still something that is contentious for them getting out of this country, going into airports and everything like that. If they're going out, if they're going out and they've brought it in, then they've got to find a way of fulfilling their obligations for me. 
Yeah, no, it's a good point. Uh, well, we mentioned the Ashes. Tom Harrison says something else pertaining to the Ashes. It was a question about mental health. The uh, what? Because uh, remember, we got Ben Stokes missing this because he's basically burnt out, um, yeah. and there's a real danger that other players are going to follow suit. And uh, let's have a listen to what uh, Tom Harrison had to say because he said it's unfair to ask players to live in strict bio bubbles for as long as uh, they have been doing. And there was kind of a little dig at Australia here. Yeah, we've got a we've got a huge winter coming up where uh, similar constraints and they'll be different in every in every part of the world that we are traveling to but different constraints will exist and we need to try to make sure that within the context of people living within those standards we're operating uh, in parallel an opportunity for people to rest recuperate um, feel refreshed decompress from these very uh, I, I keep using this phrase anxiety inducing environments but that's what they are um, and uh, if you add the obviously the international cricket element on top of that, uh, there is no opportunity to decompress for many of these players at certain times. So, uh, as I as I was saying earlier today, I think this is a real another uh, a lesson to global administrators around uh, player welfare and how we how we schedule uh, our priorities, you know, how we schedule international cricket, how we schedule domestic cricket. Um, and whether we are listening to what players are telling us or not. Well, there's a little message really to Australia cricket. Do not tr try and make our players come and live in a biosecure situation for two months without their families. Uh, if you do, they won't come. Of course, it's not just up to Cricket Australia. It's up to the Australian government. And of course, Cricket Australia will be watching this thinking, well, you just let India operate in a kind of relaxed biosecure environment and they they, we lost the fifth, you lost the fifth test. We're not going to do that. We're going to ins insist that you're in a much more secure biosecure. Um, so it's, there's problems ahead, isn't there? There's still discussions to be made. Yeah, there is. There's huge problems ahead, I think. Um, and I don't think this is going away anytime soon. I think there's a lot of rumblings on this series. And we, no matter what anybody wants to say, I was a performer, former professional sportsman. When I played cricket for England, you are, you are desperately watching what you are doing every minute of the day because you know there's you're in the public eye. The spotlight comes on you. Um, the front pages of the newspapers at the time are can be cruel. They can be cruel, especially in big stories. And then, and if if Indian players or if there are people who have gone out of their way not to look after what is their cricket board, making sure that they're you know, doing the right thing and keeping COVID out. And I'm talking about being in cinemas, being in restaurants, being in taxis, being in, you know, being in supermarket, in shopping centres, all this stuff. If there are people who have done that, you know, we have got, we have got a, a, a journalistic side, a negative and a nasty journalistic side who will find that. And it wouldn't surprise me if we, if we hear about these stories very, very soon. That goes into Australia and it's the ashes. That's even more. And it is, it's even more. I remember being over there in 2006, the first time we, I literally, we just got off the plane, done a little bit of a training session. We went for a, we went for a meal in this, supermarket was basically in a it was a cafe in a supermarket all of a sudden you know the the, the photographers are there the front page the next year Marcus had a struggle with it and Marcus ended up ended up going home and that can have a negative and a knock-on effect now the ashes further down the line I I just don't see how 
this can be played out with, you know, the best players that we've got. So, I, I, look, I'm 100% with Josh Butler, whether he is the one that doesn't want to go. No problem at all if he doesn't want to go. Joe Root, Ben Stokes, the whole lot the same. An England team will go because we'll have to fight. We'll have to find a way of of, 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 of signing the contracts so of broadcasters, Australia, and, and fulfil everything that goes with it. This is what India should have done for me uh, for this Test match. Well put, mate. Well, it is set to rumble. We will be following it here, all the steps of the way. But for now, it's a disappointing. Uh, end to what's been a wonderful series. Uh, thanks for listening to Following Up. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.